What's up, everybody? It's Be Dangerous back in here with another edition of Dangerous Sports Talk. Whew. Some unexpected things happened for the last couple of weeks, and there's something kind of unexpected to happen. So let's just get the quote unquote easy shit out of the way. So Mr. Kyler Murray gets his big payday from the Arizona Cardinals. And he deserves it. He definitely balled out for them this year. Well, last year, I should say. And Arizona would have to be a damn fool not to pay him his money, especially when they see him as their franchise quarterback or their franchise player fucking period. Because they are prepping for another era without Larry Fitzgerald. And that's the one crap that I will always, always, always have. And I don't know when I'm going to be able to look at the Cardinals the same way without Larry Fitzgerald because he was the heartbeat of that team. He made it to the Super Bowl one time, as we all know. Didn't get his ring. But he was one of my favorite players. And I had such high hopes for him. But he just had the misfortune of having good individual seasons. Having good individual seasons. Having the most reliable hands in the fucking NFL. But when you have management that doesn't really give you the pieces around you to be consistent and help you help you actually win a Super Bowl, it's going to make your career kind of slide down. You know what I'm saying? Because that's with any sport. You can be the best player in the world. But if you don't have the pieces around you to be able to make it further than what you should be going, things are going to be not so easy for you. Because people are going to look at you like, okay, well, you're one of the best, but why can't you do this? Why can't you do that? But you have to look at the bigger picture. One person can only do but so much. One player can only do but so much to help a team win. Because no players, no great player has ever done it by himself. But he's just had the misfortune of having quarterbacks who couldn't stay healthy. If he did have a consistent quarterback, they were towards they were on their last legs. And it was just it was a lot that Larry had to deal with. But when Kyler Murray got there, that's when he retired. And that's one thing that I will always hold over Arizona's head. I always hold it over their heads. But the management would have to be a damn fool not to pay him. Because Kyler earned his money, and he shows like, listen, I'm all in for this franchise. I want to stay here. I want to help you guys win. So they did what they had to do and paid him. So I commend Kyler Murray for that. I congratulate Kyler Murray, and I hope that this season will be better than the last. But I woke up from a nap, an afternoon nap. And what do I see on my phone as breaking news? The Vince McMahon retires as WWE CEO, and he's leaving the company in the hands of his daughter, Stephanie, and his son-in-law, as you may know, Triple H. Now, granted, the day that WWE fans were were preparing for anyway, we were preparing for this day where Vince McMahon would walk away from it all. And be like, you know what? I've done all I can do to save this company. I've done all I can to make this company what it is today. I'm going to give my daughter the keys, which I'm not surprised about. However, the flip side of everything. He picks now to retire of all the times he could have retired before. In the midst of all of these sexual allegations of him paying women off because he did this and that to them, sexual misconduct, sexual battery, all this other shit, in the light of all of this, rather than face the fire and deal with what you did 
20-something, 40 years ago, you decide to step down. And honestly, I kind of see where this is going to go. Because just because you retired from a company that you put your blood, sweat, and tears into, it does not mean that you're going to be exempt from investigation. And it doesn't mean that the authorities aren't going to do something about this, especially when there are witnesses that have come forward to say, oh, Vince McMahon did this to me. Like former wrestlers, former uh, WWE employees, former referees, like all this different shit that's coming out. It just makes me shake my head. It really fucking does, because if a woman says no to your advances, that's exactly what it means. Get the fuck off of me. And a man has to respect no. But Vince was just living it up, doing him, taking something from women that wasn't his to take, and then just going off and paying them off. Like, he spent more money paying these women off versus how much he actually paid for WCW. And that's fucking saying something. Like, I will respect Vince McMahon and love Vince McMahon forever for everything he's done for the wrestling business, for the memories he's brought to my childhood, for building WWE to be a huge fucking part of my life. That I will never take away from him. But those allegations, you're going to have to deal with those. You have to face the women that you thought that you silenced with hush money. And this is what I think is going to happen with all these allegations. He's going to play the role of a man who doesn't have that many years left. Suddenly, he's not going to be the chairman of WWE. He's not going to be the man with the grapefruits. He's just going to be an old man who's on his last legs. And he just wants to spend time with his family. Like I think that's the role he's going to take. Because if you knew you were innocent, per se, you wouldn't have had to fucking retire at this point. Like, if you would have had a clear name or a clear slate, you would have had the receipts to show that you were to show that you were an innocent man. But when you have these women coming forward from 30 years ago saying that you did this to them and gave you and he gave you like ten thousand dollars, like, dude, really? Like, all this shit is coming out about you. And instead of facing the fire and the backlash, you'd rather retire than let your company suffer more than it already fucking is. And more WWE news. I think last week or this week, WWE is going back to TV 14 ratings. So the PG era is over. While I'm jumping for joy inside, I absolutely am. I still have my reservations. And here's why. If you've watched WWE consistently for the past couple of years, you know that the product has become stale. And certain names like Roman Reigns, um, the Usos, Bianca Belair, Randy Orton, John Cena come in bold names and names that will draw you numbers still. That was used as a band-aid to cover up the real issues. Vince paying off these ladies... And then blaming it on, then having to release wrestlers because of quote-unquote pay cuts. You didn't have enough, enough money to pay them, pay the talent that you had there, because you were too busy covering up your tracks for the shit that you did in the past. Like, literally, all this ties in together. So, it's just fucked up that WWE took this road. Because we know that WWE is not a clean company. It's just fucking not. 
They have so many fucking controversies that I could talk about in this podcast alone. But there's not enough time for me to do that. It's not. So, all this shit going on, you're really looking at WWE kind of sideways. You know what I'm saying? Because you had the talent there. The talent that you had there could have contributed if you didn't give them shitty gimmicks and push them to, and push them to the bottom or to just let them go for no fucking reason altogether. All it's like, who do you have left? Like, you still have aspiring wrestlers that are trying to get into WWE. Hell, there are wrestlers over at NXT who want to be pushed up to the main roster despite all this shit going on. Now it's just up to you to use the talent that you have, push them up like you were doing when you were competing against WCW back in the day. The talent that you have, give them relatable gimmicks, let them be themselves. Not saying to give them complete free reign, free reign like it was ECW, but let them connect with the audience. Don't try to force feed anybody down your throats. <coughs> theory. Don't try to force feed certain wrestlers down their throat just because it's somebody's favorite or a wrestler has more a more advantage than a, than the other one. Let these wrestlers find their way. Let them, let them find their gimmick. Let them get better in the ring with their skills. My skills, that's one thing that WWE has lacked to do with their new talent. Nurture them. And that's the shit that pro wrestlers thrive on. That's what makes them better. That's what draws numbers. That's what make money. If you nurture these talents the way that you should be, you wouldn't have the problems that you have right now. And as much as I love the wrestlers that I just named, I love Bianca. I love Roman. I love the Usos. I love all of these guys. I love them. But eventually, they're not going to be there for too much longer. And there is going to be a time where you're going to have to trust the talent that you have. So you have to build up new wrestlers, up-and-coming wrestlers, to get them to be big names. And it'll be like another Sasha-Naomi situation. They will walk out on your ass and leave you high and dry and leave you scrambling to figure out what the fuck you're going to do, especially if you give them belts. Because of the frustration of the company, the janky-ass writers, like, shit like that will make people walk out on you and they won't feel bad about it one bit. Especially... Especially if they know they made their mark in the company. And eventually, nothing is impossible. You may end up taking them back. If both sides come to an agreement and there's no bad blood between you guys, they could very well come back. But still, at the end of the day, nurture the talent that you have. And if you're going to go back to TV 14, give me some TV 14 shit. That's all I want to see. Because we know that the ruthless era, ah, ruthless aggression era and the attitude era were two of the best eras in wrestling. Because I watch, I swear, I go back to YouTube and I watch old Smackdowns and Raws. And I'm like, and this was just a regular show. Hell, even the WWE Heat when it was on, on fucking um, USA Network was good at one, was bomb as fuck at one point. Like, I totally forgot how lit Heat used to be. I watched a couple of episodes a couple weeks ago. And this is when Rock, Austin, and Triple H were still kind of mid-carters. They weren't completely at the top of the top of the food chain yet. Triple H was still with DX. Rock became the Rock. This is like maybe a year removed or a couple of months after he left the nation. He was coming into his own. Austin was up and coming. Hell, Austin hadn't even won the belt yet. He hadn't won the belt yet versus Shawn Michaels yet. So this is when they were still up and coming. And I'm like, you had this type of show like this? 
Like, you had this type of show on a show that wasn't even a Raw or... Well, SmackDown didn't exist back then, but... A show that was not Raw or a pay-per-view, and I'm like, that was fucking epic shit. It really was. And I'm like, this is what you need to get back to. Hell, the mid-carders back then were more over than the mid-carders that are on the roster now. And even now, like, wrestlers like Drew McIntyre... It's good that he's gotten to push because he's been with the company for a long time. Like, I remember his first couple of matches on SmackDown. And I was actually shook that Drew was still there. Like, he was one wrestler that I didn't really hear too much about. But then suddenly when I watch shit, either it would, it would either have been SmackDown or SmackDown or WrestleMania, something like that. And then, like, Drew Ma- they gave Drew McIntyre a spot. I'm like, oh, I thought you left the company. But, hey, more power to you, bro. I'm happy with that. But learn to trust the talent that you have. If you want to make money and you want your employees to trust you, you have to put your trust in them. And that's just that on that. But I spent a hell of a lot of time talking about wrestling. Like, I'm really irritated and passionate about this, so please forgive me. But let's switch back to basketball. So just last week, A.D. Westbrook and Lahim all made an agreement over the phone that they were going to try to make this work with the three of them again. Honestly, I don't put too much stock in it. I don't. Because they're still talking about having trade negotiations with Buddy Heald and trying to make moves for him. And it would be good if they got him. But honestly, I don't see it. If you guys make a phone agreement, that's fine. I'm like, you can agree on anything you want to when you know you know you don't have to play until fucking October. So if you're going to try to make this work again, you better fucking stay healthy. You better get your thumbs out of your ass. You better not make fucking excuses. And fucking play the game the way you should have been playing it. Russell Westbrook, shoot until your wrists are sore. Let him... Do Kang shit. Oh, that's another thing I got to touch on as well. But anyway, AD, I know you're made of glass. But I want you to be made of pixel glass because at least pixel glass doesn't break as easily as, as fucking glass will. So you need to stay healthy. And Liu, you can chop it up in the Drew League, play it against a bunch of fucking crabs, but you couldn't bring that energy to your team when they actually needed to fucking win to make the playoffs? Fuck out of my face. But anyway, I don't expect much from this. We'll have to wait and see until the season begins to see what the Lakers are going to do or not do. But I'm not holding my breath for no miracles. And the last thing I wanted to touch on, this is something that I, I wanted to talk about in my last show, but I was so fucking hyped to do a show that I didn't even get to it and I was mad at myself. But anyway, Mr. John Morant said that he would cook. Michael Jordan. Now, I don't have anything bad to say about John Morant. I don't. He's one of my favorite players that that is up and coming. And even though he's still relatively young and he has all the confidence in the world, I actually see him being a big name in the the NBA. He's a player that could, could be MVP. Because he obviously still has more room to grow with athleticism out of his ass. I love his confidence. I love the way he plays. I love that for him. But, sir, 
you want a 60-year-old Michael Jordan to come out of retirement to give you some you reach, I teach moments. And you know Michael will. You know Michael will step down from that owner's box in Charlotte, go to Grizzlies practice in his shorts, his fucking Jordan 10s, and be like, all right, bet, let's play one-on-one. Because <laughs> I don't think Job meant any harm by it. I don't. But, sir, did you watch The Last Dance? Hell, did you watch Airtime? Did you watch Above and Beyond? Did you watch his airness? Shit, did you watch Come Fly With Me? Did you watch Michael Jordan's Playground? Did you watch Michael Jordan to the max? Did you hear the stories about trash talking Michael Jordan? If not, ask Bradford Smith what he said. And what was the end result of that? Trash talking Michael will never end well. Because we already know what the fuck it would have been. Ja can jump jump over guys' heads, dunk all over them all day long. But what are you going to do when Michael turns you into a shooter, Ja? All those lanes you that would be wide open if you were playing right now would not exist if Michael Jordan was guarding you. Because Michael was a stellar fucking defender. Like, the things that Michael people told Michael that he was not good at, he worked his ass off until he, until he damn near perfected it. People said he couldn't shoot. He's went the, he went in the fucking gym and did his shooting like hell. People said the weak spot was his defense. He won the Defensive Player of the Year award in 1988 after he worked his ass off to get it. So, having that mentality, that makes Michael Jordan dangerous because he'll have an edge on you not only physically, but fucking mentally. Because if he gets in your head, then it's over. Hell, if you get in, the funny thing is, you can try to get in Michael's head, and his response will be, okay, fine, have it your way. Then go out there, t- then he'll go out there, he'll tell you what he's going to post against you, and then fucking do it. So, Ja, I love your confidence. I love that on you. It looks good on you. But we all know damn well what the end result would be if Michael was still in his prime. Not even no discussion, not even a fucking debate. You know what would happen, and everybody else does as well. In 18 minutes in, going on 19 minutes, I'm going to wrap shit up here. Thank you guys over and over again for your love and your support of Dangerous Sports Talking of my brand. You guys are more appreciated than you know. And I didn't do it on the mic with Mike this week. I tried to do it, but it was kind of like sound issues on Tuesday. Then we didn't have a show on Thursday. But hopefully next week we'll be back to it. But once again, this is Be Dangerous signing off. I love you guys so very much, and I am out of here. Peace.